You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to episode number 74 of Living the Dream with Rory O'Malley. Audition, side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hello, dreamers. Rory O'Malley here. Thank you so much for listening to Living the Dream. So I want to get right back to Leslie. But first, please, if you haven't registered, if you don't know where to go to vote on November 6th, if you don't know what's on your ballot, go to beltthevote.org. All the information is there, folks. And it's got like pictures of Broadway people on the website so that you will feel at home. You will feel one with your registration, (laughs) with your voting. We're doing this as a group. If it's your first time voting, that's so exciting. We're going to do this together as a group of theater lovers. And we're going to belt that vote all the way to the back row of Congress, okay? Uh, Go to beltthevote.org. Get all the information that you need to make sure that you're ready to vote and have a plan on November 6th. Now let's get right to it, to the lovely, amazing Leslie Margarita. You know who she is. She is uh, has such a wonderful social media presence. I've wanted to have her on the podcast for so long, as I say in this interview. But uh, she was a part of the cast of Matilda on Broadway, and she made such a huge splash. She became... Um, really a household name in the Broadway community overnight. Uh, but it was not overnight for her. It was a long, a, a long haul of really trying to make a name for herself. And I love her story so much. I love her gratitude and I love her enthusiasm and it's infectious. I, I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Here is Leslie Margarita. Uh, he was in um, Comedy of Aerosmith. Yeah. And then who else did I see? Christine Lakin, did she read? Yeah. Okay. So oh, yeah. all these people. Christine Lakin is a very good friend. She was in Abby. She played Joni and I was Richie. She was Oh my god. I can't yeah. believe we like never I I know. I have I don't know how that's possible. We had to have come across each other at some point. And then point. I did a play at the Falcon that Gary was like around all the time. What? That Mike Nichols um directed called The Gronholm Method that was like five years right before I moved to New York. Wow. And he was always around. He was the sweetest. The best. Man. Just the best. He would just, I was the only woman. It was just four of us. It was me and Steven Spinella, who's Kukuka too. Oh, yeah. Um, And he would just like come around and be like, Leslie. And just sit in my room and I'd be like, it's Gary Marshall. Like, yeah. just. Yeah. No, he's, he was the best. And he created that theater and just like, he, 
he made it feel like a family. Yeah. You know, so when I found Matt Walker and the Trubies and Gary in that theater, I was like, okay, I'm going to do everything I can just to stay in this little yeah. circle because this feels like home. Yeah. And so I got a job at Timmy Nolan's across the street. Oh my God. And I worked, you know, oh, lunch shifts. I used to go there, there all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I worked the lunch shift there and um, did like the, the kids' shows for them. Yeah. And did, you know, whatever I could. And then I lived in LA for about almost four years. And I had just planned on staying there for maybe the summer. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I got to go to New York. Like, New York is where I'm going to live. And then I just really loved it. And once I felt like I had that home and a, a troupe of comedic actors, um, like yeah. the Trubies. And like people that really want to be there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like they're actively choosing to live in LA. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I felt yes. the same way. And they, and they also were like doing theater because they loved it, not as a showcase to get some yeah. kind of other job. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. So we can actually do, we can actually do the what thing. we yeah. love. Mm-hmm. Not just hope that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, um, they used to be, we're, we've kind of already started. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, just a warning. No. Um, uh, do you remember like when you would do like a, a at least we did this a few, t- a few shows in LA where they would put together everybody's headshots and packets so that if well, yeah. an agent came, we'd be like, here's our packet, packet uh-huh. you know, like not just and, a program, and but you'd you get see, a packet. And you'd see people in the audience with a packet and you'd be like, oh, oh my God, who oh are they? Oh my God. God. <laughs> Waiting for Guffman. It's like, totally. who is in that you seat? You watch Barry. Oh, loved Barry. <laughs> but it was like residuals. That was my neighborhood. I lived in Studio oh, yeah. City. And like, <laughs> yeah, people probably don't realize that's an actual oh, yeah. bar. Residuals. Mm-hmm. But that whole thing, I was like, I lived that for so long. Yeah. That mentality and that like, what's your monologue going to be? What yes. are you- <laughs> yeah. It's so real. Yeah, it's so real. And it, it's it's a very interesting like um, uh, little environment in, in L.A. Because I always say like people are doing theater there because they have to perform somehow, you know, and they're not worried about what the New York times is going to say. And they're not worried about the results as much. And they also don't worry about money because they're not getting, they're not making it. They're not making it. Totally. So it's actually a really cool incubator for, for yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I've never felt so much pressure as I do here. Yeah, it's very even different. like singing at fifty four below. Yeah, which I've seen you do, and you blow the roof off the joint. So I, that mean, is like if you're like yeah. thank you, but but if you're like oh I, I don't really know the song too well, but yeah. I'm just gonna go do it. Versus like at Catalina, I'd be like ah oh, fun, everyone's here, just having a good time. Right here, somebody's like there's a phone up, and everybody's yes. dry- I don't know, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, it's very different, but it's nice because you have both worlds still. You yeah, go, you're going back and forth. Yeah, and totally lucky to do that. Yes. Yes. Same. Okay, let's let's okay. start. Okay, okay, that was just too good. We'll keep that in. But <laughs> hi Leslie. Hi Rory. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. I'm so excited. I kind of stalked you a little bit. I was like, please, you know, you did you this podcast. Stop- well, just, you know, I knew you did this podcast and I'm a fan of the podcast. Oh, I am, I, you are, <laughs> like, the thing is, is that, like, you are the podcast. <laughs> like, you put out on your social media, you are already doing all the things that I'm trying to do with this podcast by just the way that you are and how oh, open you are. Thanks. So. Sometimes too open. No, never. <laughs> never. Um, no, I, I just... I've always wanted to have you on because I knew you got what I'm trying to do with this. Yeah. And then uh, last week, 
I was asked to speak at, I don't even know what that was, like some, some like class they have every Friday I, I don't know. at USC. It was like the MFAs? I, I guess think? so. I didn't even, I, my manager, she was like, would you do this thing? I was like, yeah. Yeah. And apparently Same. Josh Gad had done it the week before and he kept bringing me up and I was like, whatever shit he was talking about me, I'm going to tear him <laughs> down. You know, so I was like, all right, I'll do it. And I walk in the room and there you were. And I was like, oh my God. I know, it was so cool. I found out right before that you were doing it too. And I was like, oh, because I was afraid. I thought I was going to do it by myself. And I was yeah. like, these MFAs are going to be so sad. They're going to tear you apart. <laughs> but they were rad. They were awesome. Yeah, they were They were great. And and honestly, like those experiences of, of getting in front of college students and people who are getting started in the business is why I have these conversations yeah. because I realized that my Instagram and Twitter feed were lying to them <laughs> and that's so horrible you know just like the, the story that's that's curated and told over 140 or 280 characters yeah. and Instagram stories is not it's not real it's not real it's not real it's not it's not a lie but it's just not the whole story no and it's thought out right like yeah. Even things that seem like, oh, you're so real. I still think about it and go, do, ooh, do I post this? Do right. I? Want? It's not ever as authentic as people think for right. anybody. Right. Well, it, I mean, I think that you, because of the way that you're, you're so funny and you're so open, so you can get on Twitter and say, I just bombed this audition. <laughs> this is what happened, and everyone can laugh because they know yeah. like you're hysterical and funny, and but like. It's hard to get, for most of us, to get on social media and be like, today was a really bad day in this business for me. Because people go, oh, God, are they okay? Yes, which is why I was saying, like, not that anything, I mean, everything's authentic that I say, but I have to think about it and couch it in a way that will still make you laugh. Because that's all you can do is is laugh at these things that happen. Yeah. And so I try and and write it at least in a humorous way versus I had a really, really bad day, which right. is at the root of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's truth in, yeah. in the foundation there, but, I mean, not truth, but that the fact that there is, all comedy has some pain attached to it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And really all you can do is is laugh at these things at, at the end of the day. Yeah, and I think that's what you have been teaching people over social media is to laugh it off that we're all going through these experiences. Yeah. That's the main thing that I love about social media is we are all, whether you're an actor or whatever, lawyer, doctor, we all go through these yeah. trying times. We yeah. all go through rejection. We all go through nerves and it's, it's universal. Yeah. And so I feel like it just levels the playing field a little bit. If you're more honest to be like, it's not all look how, how amazing I'm in a Broadway show and blah, 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 blah. I like, you know, the majority of us aren't always working, aren't always doing something. And and if you realize that, that you're in an amazing group of people that are going through the same things that you are, it's a little easier to swallow, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So let's start at the very beginning. Yes, the very beginning. Andrews would have us do. Mm -hmm. Um, You were born in California? California on a cattle ranch. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, which is so let's get into like, that. A not cattle me. ranch. Yeah, my mom's family are still cattle ranchers in California, so I grew up on this giant ranch, and I have three older sisters, but they are significantly older than me, so they were kind of already out of the house in college. When are I was, you the youngest? I'm the youngest. Oh. Yeah. 
So I have, I'm connected to the youngest of, of families. I'm always drawn to them. I'm an only child to a single mom, but my husband's the youngest. Josh Gad is the youngest. So many of my best friends in high school were all the youngest. And I wonder, I always wonder, what is it about the youngest in a family? I think it's the look at me, look at me. Yeah. I'm significant. Yeah. I, you know, I belong. Yeah. And, it, and I think that is just what it, you know, everybody's kind of established. Yeah. And you have to... It is literally bringing up the rear of the parade, being like, I have yeah. a reason to be here. Yeah. Um, well, and I think like maybe like you you grow up faster because you have these people close in age to you who yeah. have already experienced so much of life. And they're just like, here, here, they're yeah. giving you all those tips. And my sisters were already in, in high school and college when I was little. Wow. So I definitely had that. But because they were kind of out of the house it was only me on the on the cattle ranch so i would do i would start to put on shows with like the cows for the cows (laughs) i would tap dance on we had the septic tank and and it made a great sound so i just tap dance on the septic Septic tanks Mm -hmm. make a great sound great sound good to know Mm -hmm. great sound broadway dance center i Uh hope you're listening (laughs) the septic tank tango yeah and i would just like put on these shows and it's kind of where i i would listen to country music because that was kind of always on the cattle ranch and grew up like loving those women like Reba and Dolly. And I, you know, it was all the hair and the boobs and and I was like, that's what I want to be. So me too. um, Right. (laughs) It was a different thing, but yes. And then when I was 12, my family sold the cattle ranch and I was so excited because I got to move to a regular two story, like tracked home. I was so excited and after that, I became kind of like girly and princessy. I was really tomboyish, and and yeah. But there's there's still some ranch girl in me. But I stayed in California. I loved it. I went to UCLA primarily because I wanted to do shows at Disneyland. That was the dream. The dream. Wow. And so I knew. I started auditioning for them when I was in high school. Wow. And they were like, "If you come to to school in LA, we'll we'll start to hire you. You have a job, basically." And I thought I was going to go to USC, and I got accepted at USC, but I didn't get accepted into their, like, fancy, fancy program. Right. They only took, like, 20. Yeah. And so I just, I was like, well, screw that. I'm going to UCLA. Yeah. And I wasn't even a theater major there. I was just, like, doing my thing, and, and because I, and then started doing the shows at Disneyland, and I was so happy. Like, loved it, loved it. So many performers from Southern California have that story mm-hmm. of Disney being kind of their training ground. Mm-hmm. And if you go to Disneyland and you see the shows there, you realize how how brutal it is of a of a not brutal but you know like it's very rigorous it was I should the best say training yeah I've ever had. like it's it's definitely something that's comparable to eight shows a week in a different. Completely. Kind of way. And oh yeah, the the people there are still friends of mine. When I was there, it was me, Stephanie Block, yeah. Eden Espinoza, <laughs> like you know. And at I Universal, guess you guys are pretty good. Yeah, we like we worked out okay for us. But like even you know, I worked at Universal as well, and that was Wayne Brady and like all, you know all these yeah. people that I and Eden was there too, and all these people that are still working. It was just the best best training because you had to do six seven shows a day and a day full, a day. I remember I'd show up, and it, if it was just a five-show day, I'd be so happy. Because it's like, that's a light <laughs> uh, day. Light, light day, five day. shows. 
Yeah. And it's kind of, it's, it's hard because the audience is so different from, you know, oh. they're not p- people who came just to see your performance. No. They just happen to walk past that area mm-hmm. of the park or something. Totally. And especially like in, in high school, I worked at a theme park called Great America up oh. north and it was the same thing. And that was my high school job from when I was 15 to when I graduated. I, I would do these shows on the weekends when I was in school and it, for some reason, I just, I loved it so much. I loved these like short reviews yeah. and then you know i felt like at disneyland i was finally getting getting an arc you know like beauty yeah. and the beast or hunchback i would yeah. play a character for 20 minutes and yeah. that was like you know it, it was the best thing i loved it so you were much a series regular at Just, Disney. literally it was like what you know and yeah. then you know i i had insurance i got my equity card i it was a dream and dream. I, isn't that like people you don't realize when you're young how much Having your insurance oh. come from your art uh-huh. is part of your dream. Yeah. Like that is when I felt like I was actually an actor was when I got insurance through Completely. Equity. Completely. It's and amazing. it really like it set me up, you know, you had a 401k and you at, at 18 you're like, "Oh, working for a huge company, corporation yeah, like right. that, it really kind of instilled in me again, I knew how lucky I was." And and there aren't those jobs that much anymore. Right. You know, the, the shows have kind of gone away from the theme parks and it's really sad because I just, I love it. But everybody I talk to, even in different States, you know, I worked at Hershey park or Dollywood right. or it's, it's the same work ethic, Yeah, which I think you can't find anywhere else. No people that have done seven and eight shows a day full out. It's, it's a different mindset. It absolutely <laughs> is. Yeah. I I think that a lot of people on Broadway now, if they were, magically transplanted into that schedule or having to Mm -hmm. do those shows, it would be really challenging Mm -hmm. for them. I learned how to use my voice, save my voice, pace yourself. It was, I I think it's the best training. And if any young person gets a chance to perform at a theme park, I would do it. Yeah, sometimes, and I think I had this, you know, like... I'd be like, well, I can't get stuck in certain jobs, you know, like where you're like, not just that, or like, I've had people ask me about like doing background work and, or, you know, working on a set or, you know, working in an office of a casting department or or being a reader or doing all these things. I'm always like, do it. Whatever doors open, walk right through them. I went back to Universal. I had already done a television series and was still doing like guest stars on TV shows, but they're you know people look at going oh you did a guest star on a TV show. Those are very few and far between, and they're spaced out. You can't live off of yeah. stuff like that unless you're working all the time. I wasn't; it was pretty sporadic. Yeah. But I went back to Universal even after doing a, a TV series, and I was like, "Why? This is the best job ever! I'm performing, and yeah. I loved it. And yeah. those are still some of my best friends. But we were all." doing that it was no different to me than a waitering job right i mean work is work Work and this is like you have to feed yourself in between yeah quote-unquote dream jobs so i mean it's kind of like you know what this whole discussion has been with jeffrey owens who was uh, um on the cosby show and yeah he was kind of shamed for working at trader (sighs) joe's and now, by P.S., he has, like, 12 jobs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I should get it. I know. There you go. <laughs> Someone sneak a pic maybe of me. Maybe I should take a picture of myself. <laughs> but yeah. No, but it, he is he is not just, like, he's a great actor. He also was just 
so good at talking about what that moment was. Yes. Like sometimes people are thrown into uh, the public and and into a quote unquote controversy and they can't discuss it in a proper manner. He could not have been more lovely. He was so eloquent and yes. Oh, it was that, that, you know, work is work Mm -hmm. and all work should be uh, treated equally. You know, it was amazing. And, God bless him for yeah. being able to ride think, the wave of that moment. And I think that's from being, um, having been in the business for so long and having been a working actor for so long. I think yeah. had that happened to somebody who was younger and maybe had, you know, a flair of, of like one of the Twilight actors or something, you know, that, right. that was so popular for a while and then you're 25 and broke and need to get right. a job. I don't know that they could handle it yeah. that well. Oh, yeah. No, they, they, you're absolutely right that having longevity in this business is something that is one, it's very rare. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that if you're, there's a certain point where you realize like I did probably like, you know, five or six years into kind of getting by and getting some work and even having a little bit of Mm -hmm. success and then it going away that if I wanted to stay an actor until retirement, I'm going to have to diversify Mm -hmm. That I'm going to have to do all of the things. And sometimes that's going to be outside of the entertainment world banner that I'm going to have to feed myself. And there's such a weird stigma. There's such a weird, like, you know, I I hear people all the time, like, I I don't want to be seen at a restaurant after right. I've just done this. I was like, who? No one cares. No one cares. And we, I remember you said that at USC, like, we think people care. Yeah. They don't. They don't. No one cares. No. No one cares. I mean, I, th- I mean, of course, actors were all like, what will everyone think yeah. of me? And no, no one. one's thinking of you. No one's thinking and, of and you. I, and I see that with love. That gives me a lot of relief. Yeah. Because every time my ego is like... You know, if you you're seen doing this mm-hmm. or that, you may not be able to do these other things. Yeah. When no one cares, everyone's no one cares. very busy trying to get to stay afloat in this and, life. And I, I found it, and we talked a little bit about it at USC. I found it here a little um, more difficult to do other things. Um, even just in this world, people going, you shouldn't do that project because that's a you know, it's like a, a new writer and it's you make right. no money and it's blah 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 and and. I'm very much uh, a yes person. So when I moved here five years ago, I said, I'm going to do everything that somebody, anybody asks me, I'm going to do it. If I can, I'm going to sing in that concert. I'm going to do that reading. Um, And it really helped me because immediately I I just kind of got known as that person that would be like, yeah, she'll, she's game. She'll do it. And that's huge. Um, I don't understand the, you shouldn't take that project because that, that's really beneath you. Right. What? I, I'm getting to act. I'm getting to sing. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. And I felt like LA was a, a great kind of like, you know, so many of the theaters there are 40 seats and you don't get paid. And, no. But those are some of the best experiences I've ever had. Yeah. So coming here, I just kind of felt like, well, it's different here than it is in LA. Yes. It is. It is very different. And it's kind of a bummer. It's kind of a bummer. you are like, oh, so I've had this amount of success and I've yeah. had this great thing. So now I can't do things? Yeah. Now I can't do what I, I love? I still do them. And, and yeah. I don't know if that's to my detriment or not, but I still, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but again, like <laughs> the, to me, you know, I, I try to do as many things as yeah. come, come my way. But I, I, I think that no one cares. Yeah, like no people cares. are not like, Oh, she's doing no. this now? Like, no. 
Like they, 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 it's it's wonderful if people even notice you're doing anything. Yeah. So if they have a judgment that's negative because yeah. it's not as great as you know where you were in in the pecking order of mm-hmm. Broadway, then well, screw them. But screw them. you know, like it, this is you're this on is, you're you're on Broadway and they're not. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there it there is. There you go. I mean, and honestly, that's what a lot of that comes from. You know, a lot of the yeah. judgment or like you know negativity is a lot of comparing and despairing and yeah. you know people being sad i mean i do it to other people oh, i yeah. have i know that if i if i'm like judging somebody in this business that i really have to look at myself and be like what, what is, is yes what's going on inside of you yes rory what is it about what am i feeling what am i worried about what yeah. am you know it's totally has to do with me and and no one else why have you spent 10 seconds mm-hmm. thinking about this person's life choice in their career when you have a lot of work to do yeah. on yourself. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, the bad part of social media is you have you can't escape the comparison. No. So as much as I love it, there is that part as well, which yeah. is why I like being honest, because then somebody can go, oh, <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> start, but you can't escape it now. No. And yeah. it kind of started with like you know the, the people writing online uh, anonymously and and you mean like like chat boards? yeah chat boards yes. message board and you know I remember like back in the day that was a huge thing yeah and I would look I would read them and then just spiral yeah and now I have now I have to like read them in public as a joke because <laughs> it it I read them you in my that, I read them in my camera ratio yeah <laughs> and some of them are doozies but even now I have yeah. to have um, my best friend Lauren who directs my shows she has to find them yeah and yeah you and can't really, like yeah 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 no. you need someone to go through it like if, if if she finds the funny ridiculous ones I don't I can't read a lot of stuff like mm-hmm. reviews or anything like that especially while I'm still doing a show yeah, like but my husband can read everything immediately and kind of <laughs> sift through and be like this is something you should know <laughs> You know. What about the times? You uh, know, I you know, know, I, mean, I can't find the times. It, it, it wasn't wasn't delivered here. Um, you know, like he'll he'll kind of he yeah. curate my yes. experience of that, and and yeah. including like what's being said online, um, which I never go into chat rooms. You can't. No, never. And I know, I know, I understand the urge that some people have. Like, if people are saying something about yeah. you. You want to see what it is. Like yeah. it just seems natural. But I I definitely did in the early days of Book of Mormon because well one, just to see somebody say that they yeah. knew who I was because that was like totally. no one's ever done that before. <laughs> but secondly, just because I was so I'd been working on that show for three years, so I wanted to know what people thought. Yeah. And as soon as somebody said something mean about me, I was like, Bye, bye yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bye. Just, I was Can't done. do it. I was out. Yeah. I never I never looked yeah. back. Um, but do you think that your work ethic and your like let's do it comes from being raised on a goddamn cattle ranch? Yes, absolutely. You, like, like you have that's hundred percent. Yeah, it was it, because I started. Uh, I remember when I was I think like eight. Um, the the Annie was being the national tour of Annie was 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 going around and they were trying to find. Kids for like the Bay Area, San Jose portion of it, Um, and I and I loved the movie, and I'd always loved singing and dancing, and I had been dancing since I was four. Dancing was first on the septic tank. On the septic tank, 
And my dad went down and he got the application for Annie. And remember one of my older sisters was like, you don't, you know, you're not going to get this. You probably just, you know, whatever. So my mom took me. And I like, love that you haven't forgotten that. Oh, never, never, <laughs> never. Um, and I had on like jeans and like a Kermit t-shirt. And my mom drove me down and she said that there were like 800 girls all done up and dressed with resumes and everything. And, and I went with my friend Julianne and we were in this giant like holding room. And I don't remember this. My mom said that we were making like fart noises on the chair. (laughs) And this man was kind of like just watching the room. And my mom said that like 10 girls would go in, nine would come out. And I was still in there like hours, hours, um, and it turns out that I ended up booking one of the orphans <laughs> and had never done anything in my life. And that man that was kind of watching the kids was the director. Wow. And it's so funny because years later, Matilda did that as well. They would send out somebody to just kind of look at not only the kids, but the parents. Yeah. And, you know, my, my mom went up to him and she's like, I, we don't have a, a resume. She's never done it. And he was like, it's totally fine. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, for some reason, that really resonated with me. And I remember being like, it didn't matter that I wasn't in curlers and right. I was me. Right. Um, and that stayed with me even now, right. even now. Like, I, always, I I, feel a little bit of, of an outsider, and I think I always will. Yeah. Um, because I'm usually the outside choice for stuff. And I really am comfortable there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I would be comfortable being like the one that everyone's like, oh, she's here. She's going to get the gig. Right. That's a whole nother pressure. Yeah. But I do think getting back to like the gung-ho attitude, I was like, yeah, whatever. Born on a ranch. We're going to do this. And then and you were just, in the show. And then I was in the show. <laughs> then I was in the show and I just like kept doing musicals and, and but like, you know, community theater and right. sometimes professional like that. But I loved it. And so then you go through the Disney training experience. Yeah. You go to UCLA. You you didn't, your journey isn't, oh, I was in doing Disney and UCLA <laughs> and then I went to Broadway. Oh, no. There's an amazing story in there, which I didn't even know until, until last week. So what happened? How did you end up in London? How did, what it was, like, that was. Yeah. So I always thought I wanted to do Broadway. And um, my parents took me to look at schools out here, and I was, like, not ready. Didn't want to move. So went to UCLA, and I had Disneyland. Loved it. I, my junior year of college, I was, like, 19, I guess, um, I met a manager who, like, you know, I think I'd done a mailing. Do you remember when you do a mailing? And I met him through that, and, and he started sending me out for some TV stuff. And I booked... They remade Fame, called Fame LA. Right. It was horrifying. Right. But it was 22 episodes. And I was, I was like, fearless going, of course I booked a TV show. That's easy. <laughs> this, is, this is nothing. But what was interesting is on that TV show, it was the first time I was told I was uh, not pretty. I was fat. I, um, I remember all these things so clearly. And going into the show, I had so much confidence and that was the very first time because I was I was the ugly one on the show I was the like Doris Vinsecker like the comedian and I remember being like I've never been this and that changed my confidence so much that after that show I remember I would go into that how old 19 19 
I would audition for things and feel like the ugly, fat, I, I have to be funny, otherwise people won't like me, right. kind of um, girl for years. Um, and I think that's why I didn't come to New York. I think I felt like, well, you know, I, I'm not going to be a Broadway star looking like that, feeling like that. And, and I really let it get to me. And that was about a good two years that I felt that. And then something changed in L.A. And I started booking theater work in Los Angeles, which everyone thinks is so weird. <laughs> but I started booking leads where I got my confidence back. And I was still working on TV and, um, you know, because after the 22 episodes, you don't get another series right away. Right. And that was a very hard lesson, but I'm so happy I learned it at that age. Right. Because I went, oh, well, I'm just going to go back to working at the theme parks and making a living. Um, so then, like, years go by, and I would still audition for New York shows, because they used to come out to L.A. a lot. Do they not do that anymore? Oh, I remember, no. like, Madeline Clark Studios. Yes. You would always go to go to the Valley, go to Burbank, and they would be like, oh, Jersey Boys is auditioning here. Yes. I'm like, Totally. This is my chance to be Frankie Valley. Yes. You know? <laughs> but like oh. many, many times, I was the one that they'd fly. They don't do this anymore. Right. They'll fly you out for like right. a final callback from yeah, LA. Yeah, I remember. That was like Huge. the thing. Like you can get flown out to oh my New God. York. And I would stay in a hotel. Yeah. And like, you know, I came out like a million times for rent. And it was just a huge thing. Yeah. And I would get so close, but would never get hired. And this was, I mean... Five, six, seven years of just flying out and just not getting anything and not wanting to make the move because right. I had my family in yeah. L.A., my theater family and yeah. my, you know, just my friends. Yeah. And I loved L.A. I love California and the lifestyle there. So, I don't know, you know, I, I had a great career in L.A. theater-wise. And um, a friend of mine said, I'm stage managing this reading. It's one act. And the, the whole team is British, and it's Zorro the musical. And I was like, well, that's going to be a real winner. <laughs> and it literally was at, like, Madeline Clark. Yeah. And um, I went into the audition, um, which, oh, which is another thing. I auditioned for everything because in L.A., you have to audition for everything, theater, yes. everything. Like, you couldn't Absolutely. you couldn't be, like, uh, offer only. Yeah. It's just not no, no. what you do. So I walked in, and the role that they had called me in for was, like, the the – lead like ingenue girl right and i read the, the breakdown so i was like oh oh god no i'm the the hoary gypsy and so i said can i read for that and i remember walking in and it was like at madeline clark and seeing these british guys and they called me in i think because i think they thought i was latin <laughs> And they were doing Zorro in Los Angeles because they wanted. To, oh just, no, you're fine. Oh, you're totally. I didn't fine. want to turn you off. They were doing it because they wanted. Turn it off. They turned it off. They wanted more um, kind of Latin feel. And I'm Italian and Portuguese, so I definitely have that in me. But it wasn't like I didn't speak Spanish right. fluently. Not you know I could. They're just like not British. They're just not British, <laughs> literally. So I booked this reading, and it was one act, and we did it at the El Portel Theater. Oh yeah. And it was only one act, and I, I immediately loved the show. And all the music was the Gypsy Kings. And so I kind of already knew. I was like, Bumble Leo, I know all that stuff. And I loved this role. And and the writer, um, 
was kind of writing for me. Yeah. Anyway, and so um, I remember after Which is that, such a gift. Oh once, once you get your claws into something yes. and your writer's like, oh, okay, I get you. And then it's like this relationship. Yes. It's like, oh my and God. And from one act, yeah. you know, they didn't really have anything else. And I remember after that, they were like, this is going to go to London and you're going to come with it. And I was like, sure, buddy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. From Madeline Clark Studios to yeah. London. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, um, over the next three years, it's so, so we have like the same, over the next three years, I did every reading and every workshop. And we came to New York and did a uh, like two week workshop. I did it in San Francisco where the Zorro company is based. And I kept being like, I love this role so much. It's me. It's, you know, it, I had built it from the ground up and I, I kind of went, that's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So I was um, planning my wedding and I was getting married in April and I get a call in like October. I was doing Kiss Me Kate. <laughs> in <laughs> like, Los Angeles. Yeah. In like Redondo Beach. <laughs> right, right, right. And um, I get a call and they were like, so we're going to tour Zorro in the UK before um, the West End. And so we need you to come out here uh, January 1st. And I was like, Oh, well, okay. Still not thinking it's going to happen because they said we got to work it out with equity. Well, I was unknown. So equity would not exchange me. What? Uh So my company had to hire, um, this is before, like, it's very easy now to go over there. Okay. This was kind of like right before the boom of people like hair getting to their entire Right. There were still like boundaries being It was like a couple years before that. Yeah. Walls. Walls. Wow. So my company hired lawyers and got me a work permit. And I went over there and toured the UK with this show and then came home three days before I got married. And the night before I got married, they said, we got a West End theater, so you got to be back in two weeks. <gasps> the night before you got married, yeah. you found out yeah. you were going to be on the West End. In yeah, it was the coolest. Weeks. Wow. And meanwhile, I had never done a Broadway show. I was still very unknown and and it was the best time over there. And I... I I love that role, and it was just kind of one of those things that, you know, it was crazy. And and then they don't have the same kind of pressure on awards mm-hmm. over there that we do. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even know that, like, awards were being announced. Mm-hmm. And I got a phone call, um, like, after a show one night from our producer. And they they know, like, the night before right. um, the nominations for, like, Olivia's and things. And he goes, right. you're going to be – you're getting an Olivia nomination. I was like, Huh? I didn't think I was eligible. I thought yeah. you had to be British. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know. And I was like, well, this is the, the coolest, amazing. And my friend that was Zorro, he's like, listen, Americans don't win. It's probably not going to happen. I was like, great. Just and show just up and have fun. This was amazing. And I didn't have to perform. Um, I watched my cast. It was like a blast. And then I won and it was... <laughs> Crazy. I've literally been staring over your right shoulder here at your Olivier. <laughs> Which is next to <laughs> next, Baby Groot. <laughs> yes, just very casually next to Baby Groot and Wonder Woman and That's Fred Flintstone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just all the hits yeah, over it here. Really is. Um, <laughs> I love that setup <laughs> so, so much. How, how did that feel to go from working in in whatever capacity you were allowed to in Southern California to being on the West End and winning an award. It was unreal. But at the same time, I felt like I've done the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't a whirlwind, like, my life. It was really like, 
I worked right. years and years and years, and for it to be in another country was weird. Right. Um, but it was the most incredible experience, and it would have been even if I didn't win. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just like acceptance of that community, and I learned so much about myself, and I was like the sexy hot one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it totally changed that experience from – some asshole producer, I don't know if I can swear on this, you can. telling me I was ugly and fat to, I'm not. That was right. one person's opinion. Right. And I let that for years just kind of like, you know, it's crazy what people can put in your head. It's funny because when you're younger, people feel like they're allowed to yes. say shitty things to you. Yeah. People, you know, if people want to come for me now, mm-hmm. they don't. You know, like if somebody wants to say something shitty, they just don't say it because I'm an adult. Yeah. And that's not how you treat adults. But for some reason, young, impressionable people, they think, Mm -hmm. I can say something shitty to this young person. Let me tell them what I think think about their body. Yes. And they think they're like doing you a favor. Yeah. And then, you know, it really like kind of changed for me over there where I kind of got this FU attitude. Yeah. Which is why people don't mess with me now. And I think it's kind of like this Italian, like, don't, don't F with me. Like, I just. Um, but it really kind of came from that experience and like mm-hmm. owning who I was, the type that I was, the what, and I think, you know, I think I wasn't ready to get a Broadway show before that. I don't think I could have owned who I was right. before that experience. And the funny thing is, you know, I won the Olivia and I remember telling my husband, I was like, oh my God, maybe I can get a Broadway show now yeah. because I have this. And I came home and I had like two very close calls out here. And didn't get them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh. Okay, well, still still not getting the right. the Broadway show. You know, it just didn't translate, I think, like because right. I didn't live here. And, and uh, you know, ironically, the team from Matilda had seen Zorro. And the choreographer had seen it a, a few times and was like, I love this girl. And she dances. And when I got, like, I don't know, it was probably about a... Um, Nine months after I had been home, a friend of mine said, uh, there's this show that's opening in London. You have to be this role. I just saw a preview of it. The show is genius. And that was kind of in the back of my head. And I was like, all right, I'll just, you know, keep my, keep tabs on it. Um, And then, oh, this is such a good, like, so when Matilda, I I downloaded the album and I listened to Loud, that song. And I went, no one can do this but me. I I have, I have to do this, this role. Um. And so I told my manager, I was like, please stay on this. Well, I found out it was casting in New York. I found out it was casting in New York because Eden Espinosa mm. <laughs> called me and said, we call each other Rat. She said, Rat, I have an audition for this, this role. It's not me. This is you. And I went, what is it? And she said, it's Matilda. It's Matilda's mother. And I went, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, a year ago, somebody told me about this. Yeah. I would not have known had this is why it's so important to have like good friends in the business who aren't your enemy, who are, want the best for you. I don't know many actresses that would have been like, she she still went, I don't know if she still went in, but there aren't that many people who would have been like, you, you need to make sure this is on your radar. You need to have your, so I call my manager and I flew myself out and that's so hard to do. Oh, it's, it's the worst. People, you know, like, oh, wow, you got to go to audition, but you, you do that a a couple of times and you don't see anything so much money. I didn't know many people out here. I stayed on my friend Jason's couch. Like, you know, so I went and, um, Matthew Warchers was in the room and Jim Carnahan 
and and uh, Matthew is famous for just no no, no reaction, expression. and he literally was like, "I saw you and Zoro, good job," and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> And you know, not knowing him, I was like, yeah. oh, "This guy hates me." It's just, it's just this brilliant that's man. High, just good job is the highest praise yeah. that you can get from him. Wow. Um, and so they were like, "Can you come back in a week?" I went, "Uh huh, uh huh, sure." To meet the choreographer, and I was like, "Oh god, a week." I, okay, so I went home. Then I flew back and I had a, a work session with um, Peter, the choreographer, and he was going to build the New York version on whoever was cast and he was excited because the the london version they the they weren't um necessarily like good dancers the characters weren't oh like good God. dancers and he wanted to change that for new york so i did this crazy like dance session and and worked with the musical director and i was like okay that's it i waited for like a month you're still in the mix still in the mix um it's about six months and I was doing Grease at the Sacramento Music Circus, and I tore my ACL doing the hand jive. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> then- I mean, I don't love that, but, like, I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> so this was July, and they were going to start rehearsal in, in January. And I get a phone call. Tim Minchin is in California and has, like, an hour, and he wants to, to meet you and see you. And I was like, I- so I had to fly from Sacramento to my home. Oh, wow. The, the night after we opened, um, and ACL is, you know, I didn't have to dance. So that I was like, okay, yeah. I can fake this. Right. And I went, their problem with me, they were like, they don't think you're tall enough. <laughs> so then, literally. Okay. So then Beth Malone we're, was was in Greece with me. Uh, and Beth is it was an um, fun home. Fun home. But she's also a Southern California yes. <laughs> musical theater actress. Yeah. Um, and by the way, one of the quotes that I read, one of the message board things that I read in my cabaret show is somebody came to see Beth uh-huh. and I in that company and they called it Ancient Greece. <laughs> <laughs> now, that is rude. I, <laughs> I refuse to laugh. <laughs> I was Rizzo and Beth was Marty. So anyway, so I was like, and this is before Beth had done Fun Home, too. This was five years. It was right. We kind of like came here at the same time, which was crazy. Amazing. But Beth Malone and I went to the mall in Sacramento and bought Kardashian shoes that had a six inch heel. Now, please, if you know Beth, this is like hysterical. She's like, I don't don't know. Yeah. (laughs) So he bought me these heels and I had like one bum leg. But I like trotted myself in um, to meet Tim Minchin. And as soon as... I did my my audition. Tim went, why did you why did you need me to see her? That's it. Wow. And I still didn't get it. But what I found out was Tim was running late. He was shooting a show. And he only saw one audition that day. And it was mine. And he was only there, really, because they were seeing celebs for the trunch bowl. Oh, right. And, like, the names on the call sheet. I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like, big stars. Instead of Birdie. Birdie. Because oh, wow. they weren't sure they could bring Birdie over. Right. Um, and then I flew back to Sacramento and I didn't hear anything for three more months. And I heard I got Matilda the day that I had my ACL surgery, which was October 1st. I was coming out of surgery and got a phone call in the post-op. Oh, my God. That I was getting it and I had three months to rehab. Heal. To heal. And an ACL is, is that's not. Major. Um, 
And I kind of knew it was a possibility because, you know, you have to like get approved by the estate and all that. So I kind of knew it was a very good possibility I was getting this. And I had my surgery done by like the Dodgers, (laughs) Lakers guy. Oh, really? You were like, Um, we need 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 to do this. Um, And even if I hadn't gotten it, it would still, you know, but that, those three months, I have never worked harder and I have never developed a better um, attitude that I came to New York with, which was... I, I, I can do anything yeah. if I can, you know, come back from an injury like this, I right. can kind of do anything. And that is you're coming to New York My for debut. the first mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is to be mm-hmm. in Matilda on Broadway. Mm-hmm. That's your first time. That was my first job. And I, every single moment of that, I just, it was unreal to me. And I still like so emotional. Yeah. Like I remember standing on the first preview, and they do like the the gypsy, you the know, gypsy the, run, yeah. Um, Where you I invite guess. your friends and and family to see your final dress, yeah. And I was just like freaking out, realizing. I remember driving on the four hundred five freeway in Los Angeles, listening to the recording of "Loud" while I was auditioning, and I remember exactly where I was in the four hundred five freeway. And every time I'm on it now, I still go, "Oh my god." And I was about to step on stage to say those words that I had listened to. I'm going to cry. Say those words that I had listened to for so long on that recording. I couldn't believe I was doing it. Cause, mm. And it had taken so long. You know, it was in my 30s. Like, it just, yeah. like, it, it took so long. And I think I appreciated it more. Yeah. I really did. And and I take <laughs> none of it. Stu, too. Stewie Stu, too. got very emotional just Like, now. I take none of it for granted. And I don't know that I would have felt that way had it happened for me at 21, 22. Right, right, like right out of fame. Yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah. Telling your story um, makes you feel very vulnerable, you know? Yeah. And I, I feel like um, when people come on and they tell their story, they're like, is this just, <laughs> this has been going on in my head? Yeah. And I'm sharing it, and it just makes you feel so, like, naked and, like, yeah. scared. But this is the craziest story. Totally. I've heard now like so many stories of people, you know, and sometimes they're like, I graduated and then I was on Broadway and then everything happened and here I am today. And I'm like, and I wish I I wish I could tell I'll tell you someday. But the the close calls that I've had is that I was almost and you're like, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it was. Very, very close, especially if you're like going back and forth and like totally, uh, and, and even like TV, even TV stuff, like yeah, uh, so much stuff where like I'd test against no one and still not get it, and, and yeah. it just like took. It's still fucking hard. Yeah, it's still hard. Yeah, it's just never goes away. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, so you you have this beautiful opening in in Matilda, which by the way, I we're loved, recording again. We're yes, recording yes, again. Okay. I loved so so much. And I was so excited for the show to come over yeah. Broadway. So I was living in LA at the time. Or I, I think I was just working in LA and coming back and forth. And I remember begging for tickets to the <laughs> I, I didn't know anyone in the show really. Yeah. So I was like, oh please, I really want to come. And I finally got tickets. My husband Gerald and I both loved the show just from listening to the cast recording. And I think I told you the story that Barbara yeah. Streisand and Donna Karen were in front of us. So it was still early on. And at one point, Donna Karen pulled out a candy bar <laughs> and was unwrapping it, probably during like Matilda's quiet. quiet. Yeah. yeah. 
And and Barbara Streisand put her hand on Donna Karen's shoulder and just shook her head no. And Donna Karen slowly put the candy bar away. It was that amazing. You can't ever like that that moment yeah. to have witnessed that. Oh. I don't know if great. you can top that moment. No, it was great. And I just love that it was at a show that we were loving so, yeah. so much that we had this extra sideshow going on. Totally. Oh, and I remember when she was there. Yeah. Because, well, first of all, I knew that Barbara was there. Yeah. I'm, I'm I think not, Rosie like, was there the same day. Maybe not. I don't remember. Yeah. All I remember is that Barbara Streisand, our curtain call was on the scooters. Yes. And she needed to get out before... The, the masses before the the, the peasants left right. the theater. Yes. So she got Me. up during the <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah yeah. She got up during the scooters, and it was right when Gabe and I were scooting down. And Gabe said, that "I went Babs! <laughs> <laughs> like I couldn't believe she was leaving. Yeah. And I was like, it was kind of perfect that she got up on my bow. Yeah. And just left like, I can't, I can't I deal can't, with this. I must this. leave. I don't want to clap for her. And <sighs> I laughed so hard, but I will never forget that because I was like, <gasps> it was almost like, oh my God, I'm seeing her. I'm I'm 10 feet away from her. Yeah. And also, please don't leave, Babs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. That whole like opening and, and um, just that, you know, and you had it with Mormon, like the celebrities that come see it and you're like, this is crazy. Yeah. Sometimes we said we felt like we weren't in a Broadway show. We were hosting the MTV Movie Awards <laughs> or something. Yeah. Just to be able to see. Because Broadway houses are small, yeah. you know, and you can really see into them. So oh, yeah. when you see all these people coming to, to yeah. see the new hot show on, on Broadway, it's, yeah. it's daunting. It's yeah. surreal. And I was so uh, proud to be a part of it. I, I loved the show so much. And I actually didn't get to see it until... Um, I left for a year to do Dames at Sea, which was a spectacular failure, which was an amazing show. And that's yeah. the thing. It just didn't, it was the same year as Hamilton. Right. It just wasn't, you know, was like six white people on a boat was not right. <laughs> the right. right. It wasn't the, the, the right moment. No. And it was adorable. And I was so proud of it. And, and Randy Skinner. And Randy Skinner. Who is just a, a Broadway legend. And, totally. And such an and amazing I, I mean, person. I cried often during that because the opening of that show was me by myself in a gold tuxedo tap dancing on a Broadway stage. And I could just remember my dad. It's no septic tank. It's no septic tank. But when I, when (sighs) as a teenager, my dad had built a room with a floor so that I could tap. And I, and um, it just felt like. I love that your dad is such a, like he's building, building floors, getting the applications for Annie. And he actually built the theater that I performed in at. The theme park, Great America. You're kidding? Because uh-uh. he's a builder. So, yeah, he was a contractor and bricklayer, and he had built this wow. theater. Yeah, That's which incredible. was amazing. Um, but so you had you had you had to make the decision to leave Matilda to do Dame yeah. Betsy. Was that was that difficult? Really difficult. Um, I knew that my contract was coming up, and I knew that that. I needed to kind of stretch my wings. And the difficult thing is, you know, that character was so huge and loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't, I, I wanted to try something else. I wanted to, you know, um, and what came next was Mona Kent, which was also very big and over the top. And what I didn't realize is that it would take a long time to kind of get people to realize that that's not where I lived right. that I could do other things, which yeah. is a whole other battle. Um, but I got James at sea. Um, 
it was, I've, I don't think I'll ever be this lucky. Literally, I was still doing Matilda and it would overlap. Right. Because um, I was going to go home to LA. It had been two years. And I said I was only going to move here for a year. But it had been two years. And then I got Dames at Sea and um, it just didn't last. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, three months. Um, and then I went back i would go back and forth to la and i went to do sacramento music circus again and i did you know i did hunchback there which is the most stunning show and i wouldn't have been cast here but california it's such a family right and you know to be able to do that role at a great theater with people who adore you and friends that i hadn't seen and you know that was the best and um a year had gone by in matilda and i got a phone call saying um that Amy, who had replaced me, her contract was up in September, and I knew that they were closed. They knew they were closing, which was crazy to me as well. Right, that show should have run a decade. Right, but it's very wordy and very smart, and it just so smart. It, I think it's difficult for tourists, and you know, yeah. Um, that sounded terrible, but you know what I mean. No, um, yeah, I mean it's not. It's not. It not necessarily going to be accepted by the masses yeah. unless. You know, the Tonys are, have a big part to play. It's yeah. not all, not all, all awards matter, but the Tonys really yeah. do kind of give a stamp of approval to a show. And, I, you know, every year has different reasons why things yeah. win and why things don't. But I certainly think that Matilda should have been given more respect at the Tonys. And that if, if people, yeah. if, if it had been, that people would have shown up in a way that yeah. says, this is one. Let's go. Totally. And yeah. and I think it would have been easier for that to happen. I, I yes. mean, I I, I thought it was completely brilliant in yeah. every single yeah. way. And and not to say that other shows weren't brilliant that right. year because they they were great and they were they're very different. Yeah. But um, they certainly didn't need as much help with tourists coming to right. see it and say you know it's it's a big investment. Yeah. It's a come. huge investment. So you want somebody to have yeah. the stamp of approval, and yeah. I think you guys should have gotten more of that. Yeah, and I think, you know, Tim Minchin is, like, such a genius. Yeah. And I thought Groundhog Day was one of the best shows I had ever seen. And that kind of had a – that was – I didn't see it because it wasn't on long yeah. enough. You know, it's just very it disappointing. Um, I forgot what we were talking about. Um, <laughs> that's just me and you, you know. We just get on these tangents. <laughs> and then about? we just keep oh, going. going. Oh, I went – so I was going back to Matilda. They yes. said – do you want to come and close the show? And I was like, are you kidding? Yeah. Th- that would be like the honor of my yeah. life. Cause I, and I had never seen the show. Right. So I sat in the audience and I texted Tim, like at intermission, I, a picture, I was just bawling Yeah. and I loved it so much. And I could not believe that a, I had any part in helping create yeah. that yeah. or that I was going to get to do that again. Yeah. It was just one of those shows that I just, what, you know, and I'm a massive theater geek anyway. I go see shows and I'm a wreck, like, because yeah. uh, it's just so beautiful and I love that I'm even a part of it at yeah. all. But this was just like, and I couldn't wait to get back. I couldn't wait. And so to get to close it was the just the most special. Yeah, thing very full ever. circle. Yeah, and, and totally full circle. Beautiful. And I loved it. And yeah, and, and then you're back to the grind. Shows right. close and you're like, well, the reality is you got to you got to make a living you got to right. I think people always they can't believe that because they think well you've got the Olivier you've got this 
star role on Broadway. So everything just, you know, is yeah. given to you after that, right? <laughs> and you, you, you know, and especially for women, I, I think that yeah. it's, it would, you have, I have to acknowledge that women have it way harder. I can't believe how hard uh, it is for me. I can't yeah. imagine what a woman has to go through. Well, especially when you're, you know, mid thirties is not old, but <laughs> for a in this woman, business, it's, yeah, and, and for a woman, it's it, it's. So when that show closed, it was kind of yeah, it was it. It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing anywhere. It's a weird thing in Hollywood, but it's also a weird thing on Broadway. You just aren't the the new shiny thing right. anymore. I have to say, you know, I've been thinking about this. I was talking to, I went to go see Lauren Molina and her show last yeah, night. Yeah, she's so had dinner. Oh, I, she's, she's genius. It, it was funny because when you were talking about having this part be like, oh, this is in my part. Like this is like she is doing this thing at Desperate Measures yeah. at, at New World Stages and you're like, oh, that's yeah, that's Lauren. Totally. There she is. Yeah. Like she's just doing her thing I so think I've well. seen it like three times now. I you love, have? Oh, yeah. I love oh her. The, she was, um, she and Nick were some of the very first people who kind of um, accepted me. Yeah. And, and and again, like finding that group of people that, and especially women, finding that group of girls mm-hmm. supportive that are supportive and yeah. and real is very important. And she was one of the very first um, that I met. We met at Fire Island. I was doing like one of those shows, and yeah. I was just wasted. And they were doing their act. <laughs> And she was like, "You need to, you need to come and do the skivvies." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, it was hysterical because I don't know what people like. You know, the gays were buying me drinks, and I was like, right. "This is great, amazing." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I met them there, and and they've been so supportive. And she, um, I just think, is a spectacular person. And, oh yeah, and so talented. Yeah, I, the first time I saw that show, I was like, "Oh my god, no one, no one, no one, but you could do this." No one. And she's, she's just great. absolutely spectacular. Yeah. And now I don't remember at all what I was bringing that up for. I don't know. We might have to review the tape. Might have to review the tape. Um, <laughs> but I think I, 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 one of the things I'll, I'll go. I'll I'll think of it again. But I do want to before we finish up talk about what has been really hard for you in in all of this is that you are married and your husband is yeah. in Los Angeles and you're here and you have to constantly figure out where you physically should be yeah. based on work. How have you dealt with that struggle? It's really difficult and it's it's difficult on a personal level but also on a professional level because I'm very lucky that I can go back and forth to New York and LA but most people don't have that and it's really hard to know where you should be and I think because I was in LA for so long and no one cared about me here and then finally I got here and and people went oh great, you're part of the club, it's scary to leave and go back yeah, home. Right. Um, now it feels like more of a the right choice if I got a job in LA because I'm like, okay, I came what I want, did what I wanted to do here and and now it's time. Stewie's drinking water. He's drink- um, But it's really difficult. I think on a personal level, I got really, really lucky that Dan, my husband, supports me as much as he does. Yeah. Um, he's not an actor, but he's he's kind of in the business. He's a um, production manager. Um, and he knew that Broadway was my dream. He knew I'm living my dream, and so that makes him incredibly happy. Right. But it's really hard. It's really hard when I'm not working and I'm here. Yeah. Because you go, why am I here then? Why right. wouldn't I be in L.A.? But it is one of those things where you have to go where 
the opportunities are. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a long time, they've been here. Yeah. Um, it's difficult. I mean, now, you know, when we met, I was like on tours and, and things. And so we've kind of always been apart. But now with FaceTime and stuff, at yeah. least I can see him. But it's difficult. And you really have to love what you do. Yeah. But the times where I'm not working and we're apart, I'm going, I don't know what I'm doing this for. Right. And he's the one going, you have to stay. You have to yeah. go. The breakthrough is coming. And especially when, I mean, you know, there are times where you have incredible disappointments or you're just not booking work and it, it gets really dark. Yeah. Even for somebody like me. <laughs> right. Um, and to not have your person there while it gets dark is really tough. Um, especially you're like me, you've chosen somebody who's not an actor. Yeah. So my husband constantly smacks me out in back yes. into reality. Absolutely. And it's like, this isn't real yeah. life. Yeah. Come back. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. And you know, he's, we, I mentioned this before, but he's like very much like if I'm complaining about, you know, something, he's like, okay, so today on the news, <laughs> here's what happened in the, you know, yeah. he's very much, uh, kind of brings me back to the ground. Yeah. And he was the one when I was going through the rehab of my ACL, I was not allowed to question if I was going to be able to do it. I was not allowed to say I can't. It was all sports metaphors. Right. And like, and, and he just Is was he like, into sports. Oh, lot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Everything. So was he was like, you're my athlete. Literally. Now. <laughs> he would show me tapes of, of football players who had ACL injuries and then came back and scored three touchdowns or first game back. And he would just like all, you know, on a loop to the point where I was like, I get it. I get it. But I really did it. Yeah. It's like ingrained in my head. You're ready to go into Matilda or the Super Bowl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved a Super Bowl ring. Nice. I mean, they're shiny. Nice. Yeah. Um, but like even now when have incredible heartbreak disappointments or it's the lull of, yeah. okay, am I going to get anything? He's, it's very sports like. It's yeah. the, you know, it's, it's rocky speeches. And, <laughs> but yeah. I really appreciate yeah. that because it's like nothing, it's not on, you know, yeah. It's not some performer being like, well, at least this person saw you and, right. you know, it, that, he doesn't know anybody here. He doesn't know no. anything and he's an, in terms of like the insider of it. So yes. he's, he's going to let you, be a little upset, but he's not going to tolerate totally. this like bullshit. He's yeah. not going to wallow in it with you, yeah. Because he's like, that's not no. worth anything. He's very much like you're a champion. You, you, it's, it's coming. It's I coming. But sometimes, sometimes you're, you know, your year. The team's not great, but, but, yeah. Next year might be your year. It's, yeah, yeah. it's very much like that, and I uh, totally appreciate that. But it's hard. So, yeah. you know, I would love to get a job where we're in the same town. Yeah. But that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> And I think it's, you know, that's coming. That, that it would is. be like the dream. It is. Well, I, rem- I remember now why I was bringing up Laura Molina because we were talking about, you know, just like our Broadway experiences after I was, you know, just saying how great she was. And and I was saying like, you know, I've, I personally, I'm in L.A. I've only had three Broadway experiences. I was an understudy in Spelling Bee. Yeah. I was in the, uh, in the original company of Book of Mormon and I replaced someone in Hamilton. That's it. And I've taken... All of the opportunities that have come my way. Mm-hmm. This isn't me saying no, no, no. I'm oh yeah, picking and I've choosing. done two shows. Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. same thing. And and when you when you know I'm in L.A. trying to get work, it's actually because I want to have more Broadway opportunities. Yes, and I'm finding that 
even being in Book of Mormon and you know losing a Tony mm-hmm. and and <laughs> and having Hamilton doesn't mean that they're just all these other Broadway opportunities, but they are. You know, you look at that list when you went into Matilda, and there's all these stars going in yep. for these parts. Yeah, that's it's a little bit easier if more people know you through their TV sets. Yes, yeah. and that's you know, this year I was so I loved the I, the pilot that I got, and I was like, if this goes. I can then go back to Broadway and pick what I want to do if this is a success. Right. And so when the pilot didn't go, it was more almost upsetting because of that. Right. To be like, now I got to get another one so that I can maybe have that opportunity again. But it's a weird thing to be able to to say, I want to do this kind of thing on Broadway but I have to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you more have to have name. TV credits yeah. and have some some more notoriety. Because I in understand that way. it when I don't get a Broadway show for someone that is more known or has a, a name. Yeah, I do get it. I understand it because I understand the business part of it, right. and maybe They're that goes. Tickets and, and maybe that goes back to working for Disney, like as an, at an early age. I understood the business part of it. Right. So it doesn't make it any easier, yeah. but I get it. Yeah. So I, I'm the same. I'm, I'm trying to like get a TV career so that I can go back and. Just- well, speaking of which, you were on Homeland this last season, <laughs> yeah. and I loved you on that. I we Gerald and I watched that show <laughs> so um, great that religiously, show. and you were I thought the best part of that season, and oh. you were so good and and so different from everything else you've done. So I just was like, oh, this is such oh. an amazing thing, Felicity. And we barely know each oh other, God. but I like that. I was like, oh no, this is. Like, if this is impressing me and the turn that she's taking here, and it's so different from what she's known for on Broadway, I know so many people are, are watching this. I hope um, so. Yeah. You know, it's been it's been a difficult um, – in L.A. And, and everything else, and even Zorro was a very dramatic <laughs> role. Right. I, like, had funny lines, but I had this big death, and, and, um, I, and I, uh, Matthew Warchus said he wanted to hire dramatic actors – for the Wormwoods, because he was so afraid that it would get too big. Too big. If, with, yeah. with, um, and so coming here, I didn't think it would be an issue doing these two roles back to back that were over the top. And right. um, and it, it has been. It's been, um, you know, I don't get seen for things because they don't think I can do something. And I'm like, please just let me, you know, but even, when, even you. when you're in a room, there's still a, a, a notion of, no, don't be too big, you know. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and that's We're happened. We're not in Matilda yes. right now. And that's happened a lot where someone goes, so, you know, this is very real and very small. And I was like, I'm not an idiot. No. I'm an actor. No. You're so, a very good actor. I was like, run, Leslie! <laughs> Get away from him! But TV-wise, it's so different. They don't They don't know. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, yeah. They really don't care. And, yeah. um, and I, I told my agents, I said, I only want to go out for dramas for a little bit. Because I really feel like I need to make a change. Yeah. And they were great. They were like, they got me out there and I ended up getting home. Well, I ended up before Homeland did a, a drama on a Netflix series called Seven Seconds. And oh, that was really? like. I haven't watched that yet, oh, but great. I have to watch it's it. It's such a great. And it's Regina, Regina King, King. Yeah, she right? just won the Emmy. Oh. Yeah. It's amazing and very difficult to watch. But that yeah. was another like dreary drama. Um, and then I booked Homeland. And then just started booking dramas. And then, but then the one comedy I got was the pilot, was a multicam, which I love. I right. love both. But, yeah. but you would think, I don't know, Broadway still, I think, has a, it definitely helps now that 
they can go, well, she was on Homeland, but it's a weird, it's a weird thing. It's a very, they look at you through a very small Well, you know, like when I was, I I mean, I think that's why I haven't had other opportunities. And I'm not saying that to be like, oh, I haven't had other opportunities. But I think that because the the way that they know me is a tap dancing Mormon, (laughs) I only really have gotten auditions for, um, which is kind of disappointing, but like for either like... uh, like very flamboyant, sassy gays, you <laughs> yeah. know? But I'm like, well, did you see Mormon? Because yeah. he was not that. He just was gay. And, yeah. and I love playing gay characters, but there's a lot of better gays yeah. uh, who can play sassy and, and, and yeah. funnier than I am in, in, in that way. But um, they kind of just see you in that first thing and it's hard and for them to like, change. I, I imagine King George, like for me, you guys are so reserved and small. Yeah. They, that's why it's so amazing. Yeah. But I imagine they still go, oh, he's the funny one and Hamilton. Right. You're like, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, Watch the performance. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, you know, and that's it, like, look, I always say, I'm just glad if they're going to pigeonhole me into something that I'm at least held. the pigeonhole somewhere. They're taking me somewhere. Yes. Yeah. But um, but that's it's harder because you know in TV there's hundreds and hundreds of roles going out every yeah. every day. In Broadway, it's yeah. such a small amount every season. So you really have to be very right for, for something, especially when the the um audience knows who your yes. work. So yeah. they really want to be like this makes a this makes sense because yeah. if you've kind of made a name for yourself in a role, I think it's, it's and tricky. there's a, I, I found there's a weird like um. There's, for some reason, people think there's this gravitas to actresses or actors who have done more um, dramatic and, and I say not Fozzie Bear roles <laughs> on Broadway. You know what I mean? And no matter what I do, even if I'm genius right. Right. in a role, they still have that in their head. And they go, well, this person, though, has more. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a weird thing that I, you can't fight against it. No. So I just come home and have wine and be like, like there's just nothing you can do. You know what I mean? Like, right. You yeah. can bang your head against the wall, and I have many nights, but yeah. you just, there's nothing you can do in the end. Right. Either somebody's going to say yes or no, and. You just it, keep moving. You just moving have to forward. keep going. You have to keep going. Well, I think that, you know, I, I'm so appreciative of you doing this podcast because you are so um, vulnerable about your experience in real time. And I think that's very hard for artists to do, especially what we do, because they're constantly trying to put their uh, version of events and, and their story, you know, in an Instagram story that yeah. seems appealing. And and I, maybe that's good for some people who want to be lied to, you know. Yeah. But for me, what's more compelling and appealing is when people are honest. And I see that coming yeah. from you. And oh, thanks. I love that we have a lot of parallels in our story <laughs> and i'd like I can't to can't believe we like i know ah! oh oh i know oh. you too we, we you, all are Stu. Uh, Stu, oh, we are also oh. have the parallels um he's he's guarding us he's guarding wonderful he's guarding pup. um but i'm publicly asking if you'll be my friend forever now bff i would love to be i your feel BFF forever. very very close to you mm-hmm. automatically mm-hmm. and i think that we're um Hopefully going to get to work together one day. We'll have to figure that out. That Maybe in California, you know? <gasps> what the hell? I would love that. Um, but Maybe we'll be on the same TV show, and then it'll be really successful, and then we can go, we're going to do a Broadway show exactly. together, and then you we'll be will produce it. Shots. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much no, for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. I think you're a phenomenal 
talent and a, a genuinely uh, sweet, loving person. And Thank you. Thanks I was for such your a honesty. massive. I was a massive fan of you and the podcast. So I was like, Lovely. "Hey, I love your podcast." Hoping that you'd be like, "Why don't you do it?" No, I, I was, I've, I've wanted to talk to you, and I'm so glad that I'm here in the city and can like sit across from you and actually get to know you instead of just doing it over Skype or something. So Yay. thank you. Thank you. Yay. Yeah. Audition side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Gapone. This is Lin-Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.